0: It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors, Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Welcome to another episode of the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. Thanks for being here, friends. My name is Mike Bernard. I'm your host. I'm also one of the certified financial planners on the program. With me in the KFT studios today, no Kevin Corhorn. Kevin is, is out under the weather today, but right by my side, my... Fellow CFP and business partner, Josh Gregory.
1: Always good to be with you, Mike. You too. Hey, today we're answering the question, when you're managing your investments, how do you coordinate all the various accounts that you have money in? We got the question from James who asked, should my 401k be invested differently than my Roth IRA? What a great question, and we're going to share our financial planning perspective on that question and more on this week's episode. Isn't it stink to be under the weather right
0: now when it's been such an amazing right. stretch here in Michigan? I don't know where you're listening with the uh, the you know r- the shows are on podcast and YouTube, and so uh, but yeah, and Michigan it's just been unbelievable weather, and I think Kevin's dealing with allergies and some other things, but we'll miss them, but great content coming up for you. If you have a question for the program, we'd love to hear from you. You can call or text us, 574-222-2000. That's 574-222-2000. Online, Wisemoneyshow.com is where you can find us. Submit questions there as well. Then all over social media, wherever you're at, we are there as well. Okay, so before we get into James' question, is financial planning informing your investment decisions? Is your overall financial plan leading you to the right investment decisions allocation strategy? Most people might say, well, those are loosely connected or wait a second, those are two different things. You might say, no, those are the same things. Um, But they absolutely are. I don't know how you could craft a prudent investment strategy that you would stick to and feel confident in if you weren't, if it wasn't part of your overall financial plan. And therefore, to answer James' question, we're going to go around and actually talk through the financial planning implications, things that you need to think about, because there's six areas to your financial life, whether you see it that way or not. And in order to make a great decision, as opposed to just a good or a lucky choice, (laughs) you've got to look at all six of those areas when you're making decisions, especially as you decide big you know, decisions like, sh- how should I invest my 401k? How should I invest my Roth IRA? So Josh, before we go around that, those six areas, just any thoughts or, or context on the question itself?
1: Well, I, I feel like the question's really common. I mean, we hear it from clients all the time. It's a pretty frequent listener question. How do you coordinate these different investment accounts? Uh, and I don't, I don't know the statistics, but I know that it's been rising. The number of people who have 401ks, for example, Yeah. You know, uh, generationally, uh, recent generations joining the workforce, they're not going to have a pension where the investment decisions are all made for them. More and more employers are putting in place and are incentivized even to put in place retirement plans that the employees can contribute to right out of their paycheck. And so, more and more Americans are having these investment decisions, and they're more and more likely to have multiple accounts scattered around the countryside. They may have opened their own Roth IRA. They may have multiple 401ks. And the question that we often get is, well, should I just make these investments match You know, each account, just treat it as if they're all carbon copies of each other? Or should I coordinate them and complement one another? How How does it go? But I feel like it should be even more common of a question than what it already is because more and more people are facing this this decision.
0: Uh, a couple quick side comment to help you before we get into the meat here. I mean, number one, if you're listening to this question, say, well, I don't have that question. I don't even have a Roth IRA. I would start one right now. And and not because everyone has to have a Roth IRA, but you may want one in the future. You may need one in the future if you don't right now. And one of the criteria in order to enjoy all the benefits that the Roth IRA offers is you need to have had a Roth IRA for five years. Not five consecutive, not that same account, whatever, just five years total in your life. And that's a pretty easy bar to jump over um, or maybe step over. But <laughs> get that process started. Had a case this week, all new Folks that we serve here at KFG, they go through a case class where we've got several financial professionals, CFPs, CPAs, all looking at their financial life to say, all right, where where are their issues? Where can we help? And what are some, um, some things that need to be resolved? And we were seeing a couple in their late 60s still working where it made sense to contribute to Roth IRAs, and neither of them had ever, ever had one. Hmm. And so the five-year rule was going to be something, it wasn't going to be a problem, but it was something we needed to be be aware of. Hmm. So that's one. And then the second thing is if you're thinking your own answer to this is, well, obviously you invest them differently. I think one of the risks with investing a 401k and a Roth IRA differently or two different accounts differently is you start to compare one to the other. And you start thinking, well, because they're invested differently, of course, they're going to perform differently. And when they perform differently, I might like one and dislike
1: the other. Yeah. So, or I might like one advisor who's guiding me on one account versus the other. Exactly. Right?
0: So you just need to be aware of that. Need to be careful. But there again, these decisions need to be infused within your financial plan. I think that risk gets gets you know managed through a financial planning process.
1: You know, one other quick caution here. Uh, an even more common question that we get besides just how do I coordinate two different investment accounts together a lot of people think of investment decisions as some sort of response to current events like what's going on in the markets right now what's going on in the economy and how should i pivot how should i change my investments in response to that or in anticipation of what might be coming next and i'll tell you not to um you know give a spoiler here but our approach has been match your investments to the goal and to the time horizon and let them do their thing and not be jockeying around too often, potentially making mistakes because you're trying to be a trader as opposed to a true investor. Yeah.
0: Just did a video on that on the YouTube channel. Go uh, certainly check that out. Okay. So let's let's start getting into the question. And we'll mention, this sounds like it's just an investment question, just an investment you know philosophy question. Should you invest your 401k differently than your Roth IRA? But you've got to look at the at several areas in your financial life, in order to get to the right answer, first I would say you've got to start with looking at the tax implications because that should help drive what your decision or or yeah ultimate decision is. So what what needs to be considered in the area of taxes?
1: Well, to me. Um... You guys know, if you've listened to the show uh, on a regular basis, that tax planning is something that we weave throughout every discussion, Yeah, right? There's, There's always tax implications. And that includes where do you place your investments? What kind of investments do you hold in each of the various tax shelters that are out there? Not every tax shelter has the same purpose, has the same lifespan to it. And uh, so, matching the investments inside of your various tax shelters is is an important part of tax planning. For example, if you have a long term investment account like a four hundred one k that you're going to be piling money into for the next three decades or more, then you shouldn't be too short term in your approach to those investments, mm-hmm. right? Um, because you have access to long-term tax sheltering where the compounding growth, the, the um, exponential growth that can even happen in those types of accounts, you want to take advantage of because they're not being taxed along the way. So often... Um, you know, if, if there are accounts that um, are providing a tax shelter, then maybe using investments that are more income generating, for example, may be one of the things you're trying to shelter against. Some investments kick off income that you would have to uh, report on your tax return, but you don't have to if it's inside of one of these tax shelters.
0: Okay, so let me let's get a little bit more specific. So typically, and and there's more to it than that. Josh mentioned Time Horizon. We're going to get to that here in just a second. That's sort of another stop in the financial planning wheel. But if we're just looking at taxes, typically you want growth-oriented type investments inside of a Roth IRA. Typically you do.
1: Because a Roth IRA, we often think of as the longest term bucket that you would hold money in, right? The longer you can let it grow tax-free, the better. So why not invest in things that are going to be a little bit more choppy ride potentially, but have more of a growth trajectory to them?
0: Because all of that growth eventually, yes, you're subject to risk. So it's going to go up and down and all of that. But all of that growth within the Roth is tax-free. Let me just get this out. We'll dive a little bit uh, deeper in just a minute. But then your dividend or income strategies, you're gonna typically want those in your 401k or pre-tax IRA, something, something like that. And you might say, well, I'm not at the age where I need dividend or income type strategies. I know you'll, you'll get there, and so maybe this isn't as applicable at the moment. And then lastly, for any investments that you hold outside of those tax shelters, which for many people, is you don't have these, that's, that's fine. But either tax-exempt income, Investments or capital gain investments as well, growth-oriented investments. So we're going to dive back into that. How do you answer the question, should you invest your 401k differently or the same as your Roth IRA? We've got that and more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Should you hold growth investments inside of a pre-tax IRA or your 401k or are those accounts more appropriate for a different investment strategy? We're helping with that and more. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name's Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios this time, just just Josh Gregory, just Josh. <laughs> I think you got a new nickname there. Kevin's out sick that. today, so just the two of us. Uh, if you uh, if you've missed anything on this episode or want to catch up on previous episodes, every episode is on podcast wherever you listen. Go search the Wise Money Show, subscribe to it there, rate the program as well. We appreciate it. Okay, we're. Answering a question from James, we get this question all the time. You've likely had this question. Should you invest your Roth IRA differently than your 401k? Or said differently and more applicable, if I've got two different retirement accounts, a 401k and, and an IRA or a simple IRA and a Roth IRA, something like that, should they have the, a, an identical investment mix or should they be in different strategies? And while that might sound like an investment question, really it's a financial planning question. And you first have to look at the tax implications, and then we'll talk through a few others before we answer. But um, typically, you're going to want growth-oriented investments held within a Roth IRA. These are the ones that you need to be more patient with. They're going to go down more frequently and maybe by a greater magnitude. Um, but with that patience, then, should should re- you should receive a long-term appreciation and some reward. And because the way the tax benefits are structured with the Roth IRA, it's t- the growth is tax free. That's where you want more growth investments. The question then is, Josh, should you even have growth oriented investments inside of an, an, an IRA or a pre-tax 401k?
1: Well, there's some people that that's where most of their wealth is building, right? Um, maybe for tax implications, they're in a high tax bracket, so they're taking advantage of a traditional 401k and they don't have a whole lot of Roth dollars. And so, you know, yes, in my opinion, that's still a great tax shelter to accumulate long term investments that are growth oriented. The, the whole point here is how much time can you let those accounts keep on growing, keep on compounding, or snowballing in your favor? without the tax man reaching in and, you know, with his greedy little fingers taking a, a chunk of it every single year. So that's the power of the, the tax shelter. And yeah, I think growth oriented investments in an IRA, a traditional IRA or a Roth IRA, mm-hmm. traditional four oh one K or a Roth four oh one K, either one makes sense for you because you're trying to grow assets for a long term goal. Now the plain devil's advocate here.
0: If you invested in growth oriented investments in a non- IRA okay so you invest into the S&P 500 index and you're patient and you hold it and it grows you know your investment doubles over 10 years um, if it's not inside of a pre-tax account then that growth is actually taxed at capital gains rates that's right which could be lower than ordinary income rates and therefore, mathematically you might end up paying a little bit more tax on that pre-tax ira or 401k but that's just temporary because that's just if you held one investment for the entire time Mm -hmm. Uh, if you're rebalancing or if there's dividends or other things uh, josh i agree that tax sheltering all along your investment time horizon is is certainly beneficial.
1: Well, okay, so what you're describing is someone receives some money, they pay some tax on that money, maybe it was an inheritance, maybe it was a bonus from work, they've already paid the tax, and they could put it into a non-qualified investment account, which is just a bunch of jargon, quite frankly, but it's just a taxable, normal investment account which grows without the benefit of a tax shelter. So it's not an IRA. It's not a 401k. A lot of people don't even recognize that you can buy a mutual fund or you can buy individual stocks just in your own name or in a joint account with your spouse. But the tax implications, as you're saying, Mike, is that as it grows, if you are doing any kind of buying and selling, you're creating taxable events each time. Yep. And what a lot of people will do is they'll buy that individual stock or they'll buy those mutual funds and just hold them for, for years. And over time, I, I love your scenario of the investment doubling eventually, mm-hmm. because we we deal with a lot of clients who have held assets like that for a long, long time and essentially they've not been paying tax along the way because it's been growing without being taxed they haven't sold anything but when they're ready to start spending the money or when they're ready to reposition those those investments do something different with them there's going to be tax implications but the beauty is of that type of an account is that as long as they've held it for at least a year the 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 growth the profit on the sale of that investment Is called a capital gain and it's taxed at more favorable rates. Now, lots of geeks like us have done all this
0: math, and it is in in normal situations where you're investing for the long term, it's more advantageous to still be saving into that tax shelter. And I'll give you one example of this. I was meeting with some new folks recently who, yeah, I think they've, I know he's maxing his 401k right now. I believe he's been doing that for a while. I can't say he's done it for his entire career because they've got about a million bucks saved up in a non-IRA, non-tax shelter. Well, one of his frustrations was he had a lot of capital gain that was included on his tax return last year, even though his account had no capital gain in it. Mm. And so therefore, and said differently, and we can even um, take a quick tangent into why that is, but- He had to pay, they had to pay taxes about eight grand of additional taxes simply because that account, those investments were not inside of a tax shelter. And he had to, you know, come up with additional cash flow to pay
1: that tax simply because it wasn't an shelter. So those were mutual funds that he was holding? Correct. Yeah. Yeah, man. I I feel like. I had been warning clients that this could happen for a number of years and it wasn't happening, wasn't happening. And then all of a sudden, 2022 brought that type of a surprise to a lot of investors. And um, essentially what was happening there is if you hold mutual funds outside of a tax shelter, so in just a normal joint account or individual account, that investment um, is going to potentially kick off income to you in any given year. And the reason is, as that mutual fund manager is investing dollars on your behalf and thousands, maybe millions of other investors as well, they're buying and selling stocks or bonds or something else, and they're creating profits. And those profits, those capital gains get pushed through to you as the end investor. Yeah. And a lot of people don't realize that mutual funds themselves don't pay taxes. They're a pass-through entity, which is a good thing because if your investments were paying tax and then they push income through to you and you pay tax a second time you would have a double taxation situation and we get to avoid that thankfully and, and in
0: this scenario even though there those that mutual fund went down in value last year that mutual fund manager may have sold some stock within the mutual fund that previously had you know a pretty big gain on it and it was passed through but all of that it underscores the importance of having a great tax shelter strategy That's before right. you would start throwing money into an individual account or joint account not a tax shelter I, we would encourage you make sure you're exhausting you're contributing as much as you possibly can into the appropriate tax shelters all right still still weaving our way to get to this answer one of the other considerations or parts of your financial plan that you've got to consider when deciding whether you should invest your Roth IRA differently than your 401k is looking at your retirement plan. Josh, you mentioned this already, but this speaks to, well, when are you gonna need the money? Mm-hmm. Because ultimately the if if you love the S P five hundred as an investment, but you're going to need the money in nine months,
1: I don't not, care not how good choice, I right? don't care how much you love it, it's probably not a wise investment for those dollars. That's right. That's right. Uh, And I would also point out that even though, you know, if if you're early in your working career, you have a long time before you're going to touch any of these dollars, right? But what if you're late in your career? You also have a long time before you're going to touch some of the dollars. Even if retirement is right around the corner within nine months, as you said, you're not going to spend all of your retirement nest egg in the first days or weeks or year of retirement. Some of this money you're not gonna touch for a long, long time. We hope that you live a very long and enjoyable retirement. And so some of your investments are still long-term investments and should be invested accordingly. However, as you get closer to retirement, there's gonna be a chunk of this money that you need to be able to access very quickly. And that's the stuff that you want to be positioned more safely. And so as you're working towards this retirement goal, depending on how far out the goal is from now, that would dictate what kind of investments you should be choosing. That's right.
0: And there's a little bit more to it. We're going to share, we're going to break down our personal pension plan. Talk through that. And I've got a recent story as well that really highlights the importance of this as well. Plus, what other areas of your financial life need to be considered when you're answering this question? We've got that more coming up on The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. How does your retirement plan, your your forecast for your long-term retirement goals, how should that weigh into whether you should invest your Roth IRA one way and your 401k a different way? That's what we're helping with right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corehorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, Josh Gregory. Stay up to date on all Wise Money content. Find us online, wisemoneyshow.com, and then all over social media. Wherever you're at, we are there as well. Search the Wise Money Show. James asked a question earlier. Get this question all the time, and that is, I've got a 401k. I also have a Roth IRA. Should they be invested the same way or should I invest my Roth IRA differently? And while that seems like an investment question, it is, you also need to consider the other parts of your financial life to make a great, great decision. Present financial position, that's the first area of your financial life. Protection planning, both of those areas, not as applicable, but tax planning, absolutely needs to be considered investment planning. Yeah, this is sort of couched right there. Retirement planning, that's where we're hitting right now. And then estate planning. Yes, there are estate planning implications. So you've got to consider at least four of the six areas of your financial life to make a great decision here. Okay, within your within that question, you've got to look at your retirement plan. And Josh, I left off on the personal pension plan. So how how is that relevant to this question? And really, what is that all about?
1: Well, a personal pension plan is just kind of our code word for how will you structure your investment portfolio in retirement. And it is different than how you got to retirement. You know, on your way to retirement, you're saving, you're investing, you should be mostly growth oriented, especially early in your career. And uh, these are investments that you're wanting to. Even though it will be on a roller coaster ride, give you the best shot at compounding and building a significant nest egg because retirement is a stinking expensive goal, right? It takes a lot of money to be able to retire or retire well. Once you have that pool of money, you can't just step into retirement and set it all kind of on a shelf and like in the pantry and just kind of draw off of it right. over time, right?
0: Although people people do take that approach specifically with the target date funds. Those ones sort of scare me the most. When you're saving up in your 401k and you're using a target date fund, and then you think, well, I'd be typically not working with the CFP. So when I retire, I just still am holding this target date fund and I'm sure it's appropriate for me. And I just sell a little bit of that every single month and draw off of it. No, you're selling some of your long-term investments every single month along with that, and which is the exact opposite thing of what you should
1: do. That's that's exactly right. So we take an approach that tries to match the uh, time horizon for when you're going to need cash with investments that are appropriate during that, that time period. For example, we want to see clients with one to three years worth of really safe cash type investments, like the, the shortest term, least fluctuating, safest, most predictable, interest-bearing type accounts. We think of this first bucket out of three buckets in, re- in retirement as essentially a paycheck simulator. All right, right? It's essentially the account that's going to have a spigot that's going to pay money out into your bank account, just like you've always been used to. We want to be able to replicate uh, the the cash flow approach or the system that you were used to when you were working, when every two weeks there was a paycheck that came through because you were out hustling. And uh, we want that to continue on in retirement. It doesn't literally have to be every two weeks, although it could be. For many people, it's just, uh, this is where my monthly budget's going to come from. I want this account, the safe pool of money, to pay into my three bank account system, mm-hmm. my my cash flow, where my budget is going to be covered uh, from, I want that to happen at least on a monthly basis. And if you've got two to three years worth of cash there in, your, in, in safekeeping, ready to be paid out to you, man, that, that just gives people a lot of confidence, doesn't it? Because a lot can happen in the short term. Uh, a lot can be happening in the stock market, in the economy, that sort of thing. And um, to know that you've got enough cash to get you through the next 24, 36 months, that doesn't make someone bulletproof, but it certainly takes a lot of the pressure, a lot of the stress off of stepping into retirement, doesn't it? Yep. Yep. And and so
0: that's that first bucket where part of the personal pension plan, one to three years of income. The middle bucket then is where you're going to be Uh, you know, the dollars you're gonna spend from three to seven or three to 10 years, those are medium risk, maybe a little more income oriented, but then the bulk of the rest of your dollars, you're not gonna touch for 10 plus years and therefore those are categorically long-term dollars and should be invested for the long-term.
1: That's right, so that's your growth portfolio. That's the third bucket. And uh, this is the reason why I, I think one of the mistakes that a lot of new retirees will make Is getting too conservative and they don't recognize that there is so much of their nest egg that they're not going to touch for 10 plus years, which means you have a lot of time for it to be still on a little bit of a roller coaster ride for growth potential. Now, why do you still need growth when you get to retirement? Because of a dirty word that we've all been living through Mm -hmm. over the past couple years, especially inflation. Inflation isn't just a recent phenomenon, this is something that is corrosive to your retirement nest egg. It erodes your spending power over time. And uh, many retirees, if you live 15, 20 years in retirement, you can expect many of your bills to double during that period of time. Mm-hmm. And that's under normal circumstances, uh, not just when the government is printing money and uh, dropping money you know, from the helicopters, it, it feels like. Yeah.
0: So we're all sort of kind of talking about how you've got to then consider that personal pension plan when you're going to be drawing dollars as part of then, well, then how should I structure and invest my my accounts? If if your entire retirement estate is just one big IRA, then it's just going to be broken up. That one IRA is going to be structured in these different categories. But if you've got different accounts, like James's question here, you might align, for example, your Roth IRA is going to be in that long-term bucket. But your 401k or your pre-tax IRA, that's going to make up those first couple and then some of that last bucket. The, The last thing I'd touch on here is it's very common as you are in the final few years of your working career to start putting in place this personal pension plan, but for new contributions going into your 401k, psychologically think these are going to be some of the last dollars I touch because I want to be able to invest, do what's called dollar cost averaging, still have my new contributions going into growth oriented investments so that I can buy more shares on any short-term short-term dips. A lot of clients that we serve in their late stages of their of their career, we're still saying, "Hey, you're 401k contributions, we want going 80% into growth-oriented investments, but we'll rebalance your entire account to start aligning it with this personal pension plan. So work with your CFP
1: on that. So are, are you are you feeling like um, more and more people are still dollar cost averaging into those those long-term investments or building up the cash portion of their portfolio? So it just depend on their unique situation?
0: Depends on the situation.
1: A lot of times in the couple of years, right before
0: retirement, you've got an old IRA, so an old 401k, something like that, an IRA that maybe you've already started thinking this should be more conservative Mm -hmm. and it's structured that way. And that is then, recalibrating to ensure that it's structured that way and sort of tagging those dollars as these are the ones that we're going to touch first.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, and that's part of the role of a certified financial planner in your life too, right? Looking out 2-3 years and saying, hey, we've got a lot of these investments that we've been positioned for growth all these decades together, and now it's it's time to start repositioning, start building out some of the other buckets that we were just talking about with the personal pension plan and recognizing well when is a good off ramp off off of the growth trajectory and onto a more stable more income generating approach and that that should be part of what your certified financial planner is coaching you through yeah and but to your point They may also be coaching you to say, no, let's be more growth oriented in the new contributions because maybe the market is down right now. Maybe there's some great buying opportunities in the stock market, for example, or real estate markets. And uh, that's kind of the point where there's no one size fits all or one approach that can work in all strategies or in all situations rather. Um, to, To me, your financial plan needs to adapt to what is happening. But the overall direction that you're going, mm-hmm. the end that you're trying to build, the blueprint that you're working off of should not be changing uh, you know, from year to year. Yeah. Okay, so this is obviously an investment decision. We're gonna get to it here
0: in just a second, but you've gotta first look at, from a tax standpoint, should that play a role in how I should invest my Roth IRA versus my 401k? Your retirement income plan or your retirement plan needs to be in focus as well. So does your estate plan. And you might not think that yet, but I've got an example, that and more coming up on The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. This is The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, Joshua Gregory. Kevin Corhorn is out under the weather today, so miss him, but... uh Every episode as well as a lot of other content is on the YouTube channel. Go check it out. Go to YouTube, search The Wise Money Show. Subscribe to it there. Turn on notifications so you're aware every time we drop a new talk show, which is every Saturday, but also all the content we drop all throughout the work week as well. You can leave questions there as well. We appreciate that. All right, so we're breaking down through a financial planning lens how you would answer the question, should you invest your Roth IRA differently than your 401k? And for those of you that have endured, we are uh, we are about to answer the question directly, but there's one more stop we need to make, and that is with your estate plan. Early on in my career was serving a family, and by family, it turned out to be all three generations uh, that were alive at the time, and first, it was the uh, middle generation came in to talk about the first generation dad, okay? Mm-hmm. Mom had recently passed away. Dad was living on Social Security pension, drawing a little bit of money out of out of his investments, and they needed some additional assistance there. They they weren't satisfied with their current investment advisor because that's all they were getting. They needed financial planning. And I'm going to tell you why they were drawing dollars out. And as retirement goes for many people, you've got the go go years where you're spending a lot of money. And then you've got the slow go years, I don't feel like doing as many trips or we're not going to do as much. And then you start getting into the no go years where you're not doing anything. You you know, going to the grocery store is an exciting week. Um and so <laughs> we, this individual was approaching that stage and they were talking about how they were drawing money. Dad was drawing money out of his account that they'd been it's set, been set up this way for a decade or more but he really wasn't spending it and they were drawing out more than they were required to so they were paying tax on money that they really that they really didn't need and therefore in this financial planning process as we were kind of breaking down the tax implications and then to this question how we should structure the investments we looked at you know dad and then the the kids and said is dad ever going to spend through this chunk of money and we we kind of targeted about two-thirds of the money where we said, it, there's no way he's going to touch this. He had long-term care insurance, and there were other provisions, again, that the, we went through the entire financial planning process. It's about two-thirds that we said, You're not, he's not going to touch this. And so we said, well, then we've got a choice. We can invest it super conservatively because it doesn't matter. He's not going to touch it, so we don't need the risk. Or we can invest it for the time horizon of you three kids because dad's not going to need this money, and therefore you guys will eventually inherit it. They have since inherited it, and that's what we did. So even though dad, dad's time horizon was very short, we looked from an estate planning standpoint and said, these are really inheritance dollars. Let's invest these based on the time horizon and risk tolerance of the kids as opposed to of the owner. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, that I, gosh, that was probably an 05 so in 08 it you know stung it hurt but i think dad passed away in 2015 and therefore i mean that
1: that strategy was extremely profitable for them sure extremely sure uh just from memory was that money that was in an ira or was it taxable
0: money it was mostly taxable money and that's that was the weird thing because they were taking out more money than they needed to to fill a bank account that would eventually get too full and then they'd put it back in the investments. Mm
1: -hmm. You know, the the reason I was asking, uh, for those of you who have parents who are are in that situation where they're maybe have more than they're going to need in retirement. And that's what you're hoping for, that they're not going to become dependent upon you at some point. But if there's more than they need, and there's some portion that could get passed down to a next generation, not all investment accounts are created equal as, um, You know an inheritance some some accounts are better to inherit than others for example roth iras top of the list right it is uh benefiting from tax sheltering during your parents uh years it is growing tax-free when you inherit it it's tax-free to you as well beautiful continues on Uh, what, what a great great tool there's another type of an account that uh ranks right up there too and that is Taxable investment accounts, like a joint account or an individual account, these are investments where there's maybe capital gains that have been building up, like we were talking earlier in the show. Money has been invested for a long, long time. It's been growing without being sold at all, without being taxed along the way. And there is a large profit kind of built into that investment. It's worth a lot more than what the uh, the parent or the investor actually paid to to purchase it. What that means is someone's going to pay tax on that when it gets sold, unless it's left as an inheritance. Because if you inherit those investments, all those capital gains get washed clean for you, yeah. potentially. And uh, what what a great way, another place that you can receive money from an earlier generation a great blessing because it comes tax free to you.
0: Yeah, I mean and that's essentially what we did. We took the majority of those dollars that are that were in a trust account and we structured them for growth, you know, growth orientation and that allowed all that capital appreciation to be eventually tax free. We mm-hmm. did a Roth conversion and invested the Roth dollars more aggressively as well and the remaining dollars and the ira and then few others we kept more you know more conservative
1: yeah so yeah. you know in in this kind of modern day um with the secure act having been passed and then secure act 2.0 the rules have changed on inheriting things like iras um you know now now beneficiaries only have 10 years to get the money pulled out of that account, the government wants to tax you. And as you, as you take withdrawals or distributions from an IRA, whether you save the money during your time, your uh, career, or you inherited it, either way, it's treated as income to you on, on your tax return. And, um, so to me, paying attention to the fact that if you were to inherit an IRA, or if someone's going to inherit an IRA from you, um, recognizing that when they inherit it there's a 10-year clock ticking which means your investment horizon might be different all of a sudden for those dollars um, and you you just need to pay attention to that okay so we've
0: been answering the question all along through process because there isn't a one-size-fits-all approach to determine whether you should invest your roth ira differently than your 401k it depends on your financial plan and that's why we took the long road to help you explore what parts of your financial plan do you need to consider? Now, let's get to the question. I think we would both agree from our discussion, Josh, that for someone in their 20s or 30s or even early 40s, if you've got a 401k that you're maxing or you're funding aggressively, and that's your long-term dollars, but you also have a Roth IRA, that's long-term as well. Both of those, it would be okay to have a very similar investment mix or, or have them invested both growth-oriented. Agreed?
1: I, I agree. If you were going to lean a little bit more aggressive with one over the other, I, in my own personal life, my Roth IRA is the most aggressive pool that I have because I'm planning on not touching it anytime soon. Decades. And right?
0: you might leverage to say, what investment choices do I have within my 401k? Okay, I'm limited to a few choices there. And and I can't really build a fully diversified portfolio. Therefore, my Roth IRA, I'll complement that. But they're both going to be growth oriented. They both should be. Now in your mid 50s or, or early 60s, as you start approaching
1: retirement, how might that shift, Josh? Uh, to me, that would be the time to start paying attention to that the, the three buckets of the personal pension plan that we were talking about earlier and trying to start building up some pools of money, maybe within the 401k um, that could be your safer dollars that are going to be generating income to you early in retirement. The Roth IRA in, in this situation in James's question uh, to me stays more growth oriented. Yeah. Let that continue to be uh, growing. It might be tempting though, uh, at the edge of retirement to say, hey, I have a pool of money here that is completely tax-free if I were to cash it in. You know, what if I get the new red sports car as uh, you know a gift to myself at yeah. retirement, or maybe this is how we're going to uh, get a, a lake house or something like that at the edge of retirement. And that may be. If, if it has a specific purpose like that, it's part of your retirement nest egg, but it's intentionally being built to fund some portion of the goal that's going to be early on in retirement, then maybe you you don't go that growth oriented approach but as a rule of thumb most often we would say stay more growth oriented with the Roth IRA yeah i again having done this several
0: times that's typically the approach and if in one year you want to take 3 grand out of that Roth or whatever to keep you in a certain tax bracket that you should have some flexibility that that fits for that so all right. I hope that helps you make great investment decisions from a financial planning context. That's all the time we have today. On behalf of Josh Gregory, myself, all of us at Corehorn Financial Group, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for the Wise Money Show with Corehorn Financial Group.
1: Is this is third segment or fourth. fourth? Fourth segment.
0: Holy cow. Done that before. A little bonus yeah. content here on YouTube. Josh and I <laughs> officially uh, did an extra segment.
1: Did five segments for, for the fourth. price of four. Yeah.
0: I can't even remember which one got cut, but I think all five of them were
1: mediocre. So (laughs) Uh, That's usually what we aspire to. Yep, That's the lid. If we can reach mediocre, then we have maxed out. That's good.
0: Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group, KFG Wealth Management, LLC, and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.